It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Ulster match in Raven Hill, which is now called the Kingspan. My name's Alan Deegan. I've got William Davis. Afternoon, Alan. William, you were up at the sports ground today for the press conference. Who was there? Uh, coach, head coach Andy Friend and uh, Ulton Delan was the player. So uh, let's listen to what they had to tell us. Andy, after the game on uh, Saturday, you spoke about maybe a realisation of what it takes to compete at the absolute top level. So what, what further have you taken out of that now when you've looked at Connick's performance? Um, we took a lot of positives, to be honest. We, uh, on review of the game, um, I felt we, we challenged uh, Leinster in, in most areas. I thought um, our carries were, were good. Uh, I thought we, we recycled ball well. I thought defensively we, we didn't lack physicality in that. I thought our set piece uh, got the, um, was the equal, if not, if not slightly, on the, on the better of them. Um, but the areas that we lacked, it's just those moments of lapses of concentration. You know that that first minute after half time, you do that against a champion side, and it goes from six three to to thirteen three pretty damn quickly. So uh, that's what it needs. It just needs us to be staying on that ball and making sure and you know keeping that concentration, that consistency the whole eighty minutes. Had a lot of possession at times, and you had some good field possession. Was there? Necessity to uh, probably is a requirement to understand why you couldn't actually break through their defensive line. Have you have you isolated anything that needs improving? Yeah, it's an awareness of us of you know of, of that, that blue wall that's in front of you. Um, you don't keep running into that blue wall. There's a couple of little zones there that we we'd seen during the game that we felt that we wanted to try and attack and we couldn't get the ball into that area, um, which was frustrating. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you you got to understand you can't keep running into a wall if it's there. So I, I felt, listen, uh, you know, th- I thought some of the uh, their gamesmanship, we'll call it, in the way they uh, didn't release as a tackler, weren't releasing the tackle player, frustrated us. We didn't deal with it properly, um, and I didn't feel that uh, that was that was picked up as well as it should have been. Um, so that was a frustration, and it's something, again, that we learn a lot out of, and we'll make sure we're better next time. When the team look at something like that, is, is that sort of... Uh, is a Leinster-type performance, and what how they work their systems, is that where you need to get to... I think you do, you know, we'll also keep our own identity, but there's a few, you know, there's, there's some pretty old heads in that in that Leinster team that um, they're clever, you know, they're clever in how they manage a game and, and how they influence different people on the field. So, uh, you know, we need to find that and we will find that. Um, again, in, in stripping all that back, uh, I felt we actually gave a pretty good account of ourselves. At 20 to, 20 to 3, the scoreline doesn't look flattering at all. Um, but you know, there was a moment of a moment of lapse that we know about our inability to probably turn them when we needed to turn them um, and take a couple of the chances that we created. Um, but honestly, we we you know we walk away from that game knowing that we're beaten by a better side without a doubt. But knowing also that uh, we're not too far away. And you have to deal then with the fallout from Dominic Robertson McCoy uh, getting sent off. He'll have a have a hearing this week. Do you? have to sort of chastise a player for that, talk to them, and then maybe put their arm around their shoulder and say, right, we have to move it forward now? He knew. He knew straight away he'd done the wrong thing. You know, and, and 
um, we certainly are not condoning that behaviour at all. Uh, so no, it wasn't a matter of chastising, it was a matter of, really Dom? He's like, sorry mate. Yep, he got it, you know, he, he's a good fellow, we talked about that after the game, but um, you know, we've, we've talked about what we call red penalties and, and, and our ability to not give those red penalties away, well, that was a blatant one there. Um, they know, players know, they're not silly. Now, Belfast on Friday night, quick turnaround time. Uh, you've probably been told this already, but it's 1960 since Connacht have won there. So there's maybe few enough people left around who can remember it. Does that come into your head at all? Uh, no, it doesn't. And my reasoning for saying that, listen, I reckon you know, in the last 58 years there's probably been um, 58 occasions where they've talked about that and it hasn't worked. So we've actually said, and we haven't spoken to the boys about that at all. You know, we've spoken about it as a coaching staff and do we talk about it? And, you know, again, from the, the Jimmy Duffy's and Nigel Cowans have been here for a long, long time. It's like, same old, same old, friendly, let's not talk about it. Right, let's not talk about it. So we haven't talked about it. What we're f going to focus on is it's a six-day turnaround. Um, it's, a, it's a team that, uh, again, it's another interpro for us. Uh, it's a team that have played some really good rugby this year. They're off the back of, of a performance that I know they're going to be upset with. Um, up at up at Kingspan, and they're going to be wanting to right that wrong. I know if we can take the little learnings we got out of this game, have the same energy, if not more, and uh, and and turn up there, we're going to give a really good account of ourselves and hopefully get a win. And how are you going to have? Are you going to have to rest some players? Are you getting to that stage now where you know you, you just can't keep picking the same guys? Otherwise, the tendency to break. Yeah, and we're very conscious of that. Um, you know, we're really conscious of trying to rotate uh, certain players and look after certain players. I feel like we've done that reasonably well over the last last couple of weeks. Um, you know, blokes with, with just little niggles, we've looked after them. So Paul Boyle two weeks ago, um, he had a little niggle and we, we looked after him. JB last week, little niggle, we looked after him. Matty Healy on the Friday, little niggle in, a, in an interplay game, looked after him. So... Um, we're managing those blokes and, and hopefully all those, those three guys are, are all available for, this, for us this weekend uh, and, and we'll be better for that little rest Situation with games in Ulster kind of haven't run there we've, we've discussed that but there's been opportunities in the last few years maybe a couple of times where Connacht maybe didn't seize chances that were there uh, just when Ulster might have gone into a little bit of a lull, is that a key on Friday that you have to absolutely seize every chance? Yeah, and, you know, especially away from home in inner pros, you're not going to get many chances. You know, we we probably had a couple of chances. There's one in particular on the other night was one opportunity where, um, you know, if we just if we just had a go at that, I reckon we were through, we were through, but we missed it. And, so, and that can sometimes be the difference in, in the game, the momentum swinging your way or the opposition getting that little, oh, phew, we're still in this hunt. Um, so there on Friday night, we've got to be that team. If, if there's an opportunity there, we've got to take it. And then, and if we score out of that, brilliant, we go back, but it's now nil all again and we wait for that next opportunity and take it. And if we're that team with that ruthless clinical desire about our game, then we're a fair chance of winning it. Alton, what was the player reaction to, to Saturday night in, in terms of maybe a good performance but beaten by a better side on the night? Um, we, we felt we were definitely capable to perform with the best teams and I think everyone else saw that too. We definitely felt we weren't 17 points 
worse than Leinster. We, um, you know, straight after half time, six three, we we thought the game was pretty tight, and you know, a, a few mental slip ups gave him a gave him a real easy try, which had that not happened, could have could have could have changed the the game for. You know, you never know what could have happened after that. Um, but uh, yeah, we know we we thought we we thought we were definitely capable to to compete with them physically up front in the in the in the forward pack at set piece. Uh, our backs had some stellar stellar moments in DN and, and in attack, um, and that's it's a good thing to give us some confidence into well into this weekend and hopefully the rest of the season. Coaches talk about learnings. Players talk about learnings. What what's what did, what would you take out of it if you were looking at if you were looking at Leinster and thinking that's where we need to get to? What really stood out for you? Um, well, looking at Leinster, what they what they've done, we thought their defence was superb. They, they they actually had they really had a blue wall there for a lot of times, and and us a work on for us is to maybe change the picture up, vary up our our attacking game plan maybe when building too many phases and giving them you nearly giving them confidence when they're holding us out like that um, and maybe we should have just varied it up a little bit just to stress them in, in, in other parts of the pitch but um, um, but yeah otherwise otherwise we thought we, we had some good moments but um, they, they were pretty solid Connick said peace went well uh, yeah no the study was done during the week and, and it, it showed it showed during the game we, we didn't give them well, we tried not to give them any easy lineouts, and and you know we knew who we were against in the forward pack. It was going to be a tough day at the scrum, so we, the boys did well, and uh, it's it's definitely a good one to take into to the next few games, just to show that we can we can dominate teams if if we if we if we're on the right in the right mind frame. You're an Irish international, you're regular tender at Irish camp. So how good is it to actually play a game against a side with? Internationals. I mean, these games have a real meaning, and Saturday or Saturday Friday night will be very similar. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's such a good game. Everyone in the squad absolutely buzzes about it. Loves loves these games. These they're the best games of the of, of the season, really. Um, just the competition that that there is between players, and just what's up, what's 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 there to be to to be taken with a win. Like, and um, yeah, this Friday is no different. We're so, we're we're really excited to hopefully perform like that again this weekend up in Ravenhill a place where we haven't won in I don't know how long not since I've been in the club so um, you know it's really exciting what could be and, and what hopefully will You feel you're, you're you're close to that sort of thing it's 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 just a matter of a few percentages here and there oh, I think we just need to keep taking our learnings and, and, and good things will come it's 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 in no way going to be an easy game this, this weekend it's going to be one in a real tough battle they'll, they'll have to take their learnings from, from the from the game they had last weekend so they're going to put out the strongest team they possibly can and, 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 we're, and we're hoping they do OK so give me a synopsis as I haven't heard that yet um, I think they uh, they've taken some positives out of the defeat to Leinster I think they're under no illusions about how good a side Leinster are I think there's a frustration both of them talked about the fact they didn't ask Leinster's defence enough questions a lot of what Connacht did was was a little bit mundane at times it was just moving the ball and I thought Alton Delan's comment about the fact that that gave confidence to Leinster because you're making all these tackles and you're not being breached and you're moving a side back up the pitch yeah, they had a 90% success rate on 176 tackles. 
Like if you look at the previous week, 174 tackles was only an 83% success rate from Scarlets, and that, that difference of 7% gives you the chance to score. Yeah, Connacht didn't get many chances, and I think they're aware of that. So they always talk about learnings. I think there are actually some learnings because I think they've also seen that if you want to win things and you want silverware, this is the level you have to be operating at. Um, Alton felt maybe 17 points was a bit generous to Leinster. I would be inclined to think maybe they left a couple of tries out there. Um, and that try after half time was an absolute killer because that was a 10 point swing in the matter of two minutes because they got that penalty just on half time. But I think they've moved on now. They're getting ready to talk about Ulster. They'll have already started. Um, Andy Friend is aware that there's a 58-year gap, but he didn't really want to talk very much about it. I think um, he's realised it's... You know, what, what can you say about it? It's the same thing year in, year out, game in, game out. So um, and, it's, and it's not just losses. We've only ever had one losing bonus point in all the years that we've gone up there, which is... Unbelievable. They're the only team we've never beaten away from home in the Pro 14 where we've played more than two games. Yeah, it's, um, it's just one of those bizarre records. If you went back to the 1950s and you asked a Connacht player, is there any problem going to Ravenhill? They'd say, absolutely not, because they won there in 1954, 56, 58 and 60. So that generation would have said, what's the problem? We always win up there. Um, it's fascinating to see how they go on Friday night. They are going to have to do some mixing and matching. They're going to have to pull players in. And Ulster will be smarting after that performance in uh, or non-performance in Limerick. They just... When once John Cooney and Ian Henderson went off, that side fell apart. Um, mentally, spiritually, they just lost their way. And Dan McFarlane will be looking for a big response on Friday night. Rory Best is back. He's a talisman. Well, he should be back. We don't know yet, but that's what we've heard and um, possibly uh, Jacob Stockdale. So they're going to be pushing hard up there. OK, so before we go into a little bit more detail on the Ulster game, why don't we talk about what happened in the other games in the weekend and how that affects Connacht? Yeah, some, some, some strange results around, particularly on Friday night. Edinburgh 31, Benetton 30. Um, poor performance, really, from, from Edinburgh. They won the game, but... They looked uh, a little bit short. Benetton had chances. Cardiff 24, Cheetahs 21. Uh, comeback win for Cardiff. The Cheetahs still haven't won a game. Must have thought they were going to get a result there, but they didn't. Then on Saturday, Zebra 8, eight Ospreys 22. Ospreys now gone to three wins. Very quietly just working away. Haven't done anything spectacular. Connacht 3, Leinster 20. Scarlets 54, Kings 14. No surprise there. Munster 64, Ulster 7. No surprising that Munster won, but that victory margin is bizarre. And Glasgow 29, Dragons 13. And a very unhappy Dave Rennie at that, saying if they play like that, they are going to get annihilated in Europe. And I think Europe is where there's, there's real pressure coming for all of the sides who are in the Champions Cup. Connacht aren't in that. Mm. Champions Cup tends to concentrate minds a lot, and it's coming round after this weekend. Quickly going down the tables, Conference A, Glasgow are four wins out of five, Ospreys similar, Munster three, Cardiff two, Connacht two, Zebra two, and the Cheetahs have yet to win. In Conference B, Leinster have four, Scarlets three, Ulster three, Benetton two, Edinburgh two, Dragons two, and the Kings one. So no unbeaten sides after five weeks, and the Cheetahs the only side without a win. Yeah, and, and, and to turn that into 
Irish speak because that's where the Americans speak five wins and four wins and that's how American things do it and I've just come back from Canada where they do all that wins and losses that puts Connacht in fifth place which is two points behind Cardiff who basically have a, a try bonus and a losing bonus point extra same number of wins um, or four points behind Munster and nine points behind the leaders Glasgow so you know any sort of result at the weekend is going to be important for Connacht to keep in touch with the playoffs well I think it's about wins. I think you've got to win 14 games if you want to be serious contenders here. If they come out of the weekend 2-4 and four out of 15 games, they're then going to have to probably win 12 out of those 15 games. It's that simple now. Uh, the ratio at the moment is about 80% home wins, which is where it sits. And that's why the, when the home games are so crucial. Um, overall, I think... Connacht have done okay but they need to try to get something on Friday night bonus point would be a start a win would be even better but it just depends on who's fit and who's out playing yeah and, and as you say Europe's the following week so it'll depend on what Ulster are doing and what they're getting ready for and, and how seriously Connacht are going to take the, the Challenge Cup we'll take a quick break We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast for the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at conaclan.com. Membership is only €10 Euro and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to conaclan.com for all your supporting needs. And we're back. So, Europe in a couple of weeks, William. Where are we sitting just as we get, it, get ready for it? Well, there are three, three opponents uh, in, 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 our, in our group. Uh, at the weekend, Leicester 19, Sale 15. So Sale now rooted to the bottom of the English Premiership. Played 5-1-1, lost 4. Perpignan 20, Montpellier 23. They're getting a bit better, but there's still no wins, six losses. And of the three sides, we'll be up against bordeaux Begley 34, La Rochelle 22. Uh, three wins, a draw, and two losses, and seventh in the top 14. Some interesting games of the weekend for them to lead into the European games. Sale against Newcastle, the bottom two in the English Premiership. Sale at home. If they lose that, they're going to be a bit adrift. Uh, I suspect they will win it, but it's a very important game for both sides. Perpignan are away to Pau, which tough ask. And Grenoble and Bordeaux. Grenoble down the bottom with uh, Perpignan. So Bordeaux might be... Away wins are pretty crucial in the French top 14. If, if Bordeaux get a win there, they're going to feel pretty happy with where they are. And then, then, and only then, I think, will these three sides start showing any interest in Europe. It's, their leagues have relegation, and they tell us pretty bluntly that they, they wait to see where they are before they make any plans about it. And it'll be... It'll be a bit of chess playing going on as to see how what sort of sides they pick. It's worth noting, perhaps, that uh, Sailor away to Perpignan on the Friday night. We're hosting Bordeaux on the Saturday. Um, Sailor were to lose that game, they might be thinking, this isn't for us. Uh, being bottom of the English Premiership is not the place you want to be. No, certainly not. Uh, and as you say, they're struggling and... So are so are Perpignan. So that's a, that's a fascinating one because it'll it'll affect how we we play in the the following round. Okay, and moving away from Europe, um, I caught up with Rob Murphy to talk about a, an incident that's happened with Severis down in New Zealand. 
Thanks, Alan. Just jumping into the midweek podcast to update on the Sevu Reese situation, which merged during the weekend that he had been in court in New Zealand, in Hamilton to be precise, where he's playing his rugby with Waikato. The 21-year-old Fijian is due to join up with Connacht in November. He was signed in May by Connacht, but in July there was an incident, a domestic violence incident, that led to this court appearance. Now, the decision was to grant him a discharge without conviction, Judge Denise Clark in the Hamilton District Court, using the reality that he would lose his contract track with Connacht as a reason for not convicting. Reese's defence team had made contact with Connacht to get clarity on what might be grounds for contract termination and then used that clarity in the court which led to being part of the decision from Denise Clark. Connacht were not involved though in the court case itself as has been reported in some places they were very much just responding to his defence team's request from what we can see. A brief statement from Connacht however does say the following Connacht Rugby and there are few are aware of media reports concerning Severy Reese and his recent court appearance we are currently seeking to clarify information around the situation prior to commenting further on the matter. We can't say any more than that we expect to hear from Connacht at some point over the next few weeks in more detail on this situation what we can say though is the details are online uh, in a little bit more depth and we will follow the story when we get some more concrete information we will update you on it but much like a lot of the other media outlets around this part of the world we too feel it's unlikely now that Severy Reese will be joining Connacht in November time will tell however Thanks Rob this podcast is coming out on uh, a day early and we're going to bring on Wednesday because of, a, of the Friday game which means we, we haven't heard what's happened with the disciplinary committee uh, on Dominic Robertson McCoy Well he'd be getting a ban mm-hmm. it's only a matter of how much time uh, done by video link uh, the panel are sitting in Edinburgh uh, so we'll see, we'll see how he goes and I'm sure he's very disappointed himself and I'm sure the management are disappointed in him. Um, these things happen. You just have to take his punishment whenever it's it's given. I would be guessing somewhere between six and eight eight weeks. Yeah, yeah, I'd assume so because it's it's just unfortunate that you can't know. You just can't put, you can't stamp on people's heads. It's as simple as that. It, there's enough, there's enough thing goes on in a game without people stamping on their heads. Right. So we'll finish off the podcast talking about what we're expecting up in Ulster and. and how we expect to go, as well as what other games are on at the weekend. Yeah, we'll start with that Friday evening, all kicking off 1935. Uh, all these times, obviously, are Irish times. Uh, Edinburgh versus the Cheetahs. Edinburgh will win that, I think. Glasgow against Zebra. Glasgow will win that. Ulster versus Connacht. We'll come to that in a minute. Saturday, Scarlets and Ospreys. At last, a derby that isn't taking place in Ireland. These two sides don't like each other. Um, but I'm not going to use any of the Luke Fitzgeraldisms about it, but there's a, there's a pretty bitter rivalry there. Dragons and Cardiff, I mean, they're only down the road from each other. Leinster playing Munster, that's another Irish derby. Leinster may be actually picking a stronger side against Connacht than Munster. wonder how that'll play out. And Benetton against the Kings. I would rather fancy Benetton for that. I think they're playing some smashing rugby. Uh, their defence is a bit... Um, skew with at times but their attacking policies get the ball out wide and run so um, fascinating games all around Ulster and Connacht is the one we'll be focusing on we're heading to Belfast Friday morning yeah just before we get on to that there's a question came up on, on Twitter Dara Ruddy was asking the question that with the, the, the there's a fundamental imbalance in the league in that the Irish teams that, that Cardiff get to play against the Dragons for instance was his was his example and that Cardiff tend to win those games um, which is 
not un, which is unfair when Connacht have to play Leinster home and away. Um, I'm not sure I necessarily agree because I think a derby is a derby. It doesn't matter what country you're in. Uh, no, uh, look, there's four teams in Ireland, there's four teams in Wales. Uh, there's derbies and there's interpros. There is a difference. Mm. Interprovincial rugby in Ireland has a long history. And Andy Friend talked about it. He didn't. He said it last week. He didn't realise how much these games mean. Derby games in Wales have a resonance uh, for the fans. Mm. And as I've alluded to there, Scarlets and the Ospreys tend to really go at it. Um, it's hard to know whether the Dragons feel they can go to Cardiff and win. I think this season they'll give it a real go. But it's more competitive here. And the fact that we're, we are now in Ireland seem to be going to be playing two of these games, end of September, October, three at Christmas and one right at the end of the season. I don't think that's a correct balance. I really don't. And the reason the game's been moved from the end of October back, because it used to be beginning of October and end of October, is because Ireland are playing four international games this year in the November window. Whether that continues, I don't know. Uh, but there's a lot of money involved. And Ireland are a top-rated side and people want them to go. There's rumours, slight rumours around again that a trip to Dubai is possible, one of these Novembers, to take on South Africa. Wow. Uh, that's been talked about before. So, you know, um, the international game produces the money, but it does. these interpros are a bit squeezed up. And it's the three at Christmas is the one that really is quite mind-boggling. From the 22nd of... Uh, December to the 5th of January Connacht all the teams to be fair I shouldn't just be saying Connacht will play yeah. three inter-pro games yeah. fortunately this year Connacht have two of them at home mm. which makes it a bit easier for fans and ourselves next season it'll be different it'll be it'll only be one home game which will be at around exactly on Christmas and then there'll be two away um, but look they're part of it listen to what Alton Delan said earlier on in, in the podcast today the players love these games his face lit up when he started talking <laughs> about that because you can go to training camp with Ireland and now you get to really go at it in the game. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Thanks for the question, Darrow. You appreciate that. Um, yeah, so Ulster, Friday. That's where Ulton Delan made his debut. He didn't, t- he didn't tell me that, Alan, but I take your word for it. Uh, I suppose, look, I have, to, I, have to, uh, I have to use my head here. I, 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 w- I would think Ulster would be f- firm favourites to win that. Uh, I know they played very badly last week, but I hope Connacht do two things. Hope that one that they go and have a real go at it, which I expect they will. The other thing I want them to do, I think they've missed opportunities up there a couple of times in the last few seasons where they didn't uh, maybe pick up the nuances of how flaky Ulster could be. Yeah. I'm not saying they're flaky this season, but if you look at their performances, they've had two very lucky home wins. Last kick of the game, they had a good win against the Kings. South Africa but I don't know what that really means they had a draw with the Cheetahs which was another last minute job mm-hmm. so they play for 80 minutes so be aware of that mm-hmm. John Cooney is absolutely key to them if, he, if he's fit to play if they can sort out this cut on his head which is a horrendous looking injury which mm-hmm. reopened in Limerick uh, but Rory Best back they just play better when Rory Best turned, if, he's, if he plays he won't play the full 80 minutes. I would say he, he might come off the bench. He might start. But he they just are a better outfit when he's around. Yeah, and just to clarify, it's where Ulton made his first start, not his debut. I'll, I'll correct myself on that one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting us to get at least a bonus point, a losing bonus point. 
Um, as I say, we've only ever had one losing bonus point up there in all the years of, of traveling up there in the professional era. But I think there's a, a chance, there's a, an attitude, certainly the way we finished the game against Leinster with 13 men for six or seven minutes, not to let a try in against a team of that quality, showed a desire and a culture that Andy Friend has brought to the team where they're working so hard, working their socks off for each other, um, trying so hard, doing a lot of... St- like, if you look at some of the moves that we, we ran, certainly in the first half, I think practically any other team in the league would have at least one of them through. Like, I was looking at... Sexton made 13 tackles at the weekend. No other out-half makes that many tackles. He made 12 the previous week and 11. Like, he's, he's, he's almost our top tackler in the backs. Just make a point about Johnny Sexton. There was a journalist down today for the press conference. I didn't get his name. I haven't seen him there before. But he made a point to me that he was really impressed with the fact that the Connacht fans either waited back or were just standing around chatting on the clan terrace and applauded Johnny Sexton off. And that was a good five, seven minutes after the game finished because he had a lot of media to do. He was hauled out for a chat by a couple of TV companies. Uh, But I think that's how world-class this guy is. And, you know, it's, it's the opportunity when, when these players come to the sports ground. You, you want to beat them as a Connacht fan, but sometimes you just have to take your hat off and say, wow, what a performance. Ran the game, pulled the strings, uh, helped the referee referee it, as he always does. But that's, that's, that's part of the Johnny Sexton package. And that's why he is a Lions starter. That's why he's an Ireland starter. That's why it's absolutely key that he goes to the World Cup next year. But this, uh, this journalist had picked up on this fact he said and he he thought the whole atmosphere in the ground was just brilliant he said the the the, the noise and the passion that was was mm. there so uh let's hope yeah, the w- team can take some of that into friday yeah exactly i was in i was one of those guys that clapped him off and there was genuine appreciation of you know we'd watch someone you know completely dominate a game ran the game both in defense and attack like he's he's not one of these out halves that, that hides out on the wing letting someone else make the tackles for him. He's, he's making 13 tackles in a game. Like, I'm sure Joe Smith's not too happy with, <laughs> with his star out half making that many tackles. He's not going to be able to change him now. No, no, he's not. He's not. So, yeah. Anyway, Ulster. For once, I'm actually going to predict, for our first time ever, Connacht are going to win a professional rugby game in the Kingspan. I almost called it Ravenhill again. Well, I always call it Ravenhill, Alan. I hope they do, and uh, it'll make the long journey home so much more, or so much easier if we can get a win. I'm trekking up there a long time waiting for it. So am I, but I love it. It's my favourite place to go and watch a game, and the fans are brilliant, and you know, even just where we do our work up there is brilliant. So, um, so live on Galway Bay FM stream from 7 o'clock, uh, on FM from 7.30. Your commentator will be Rob Murphy. William, you'll be on co-commentary and, and I'll be down in the background somewhere. Yep, looking forward to it. It's, uh, I'm not expecting the same result that you are, but uh, it'll be an, it's another interesting test for them. And I think we'll know then after six games, it'll be a chance then to take, take a breath and have a look at Europe. It certainly will. Thank you, William. Thanks, Alan. 